What's up, filmmakers and moviegoers? This is Zach, and with me as usual is Eric Thurston. Eric, you sound in deep voice today. What's up? Yeah, yeah, that's on That's on brand, because we are the Marvel podcast, even though we're not. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Marvel today. Um, but the featured presentation, if you want to call it that, is uh, we're going to talk about Star Wars OG Trilogy a little bit. That'll be kind of our biggest topic yeah, we're recording this on May the 4th, and it will be out on May the 6th, but whatever, it's fine. And there's a Star Wars movie coming out this year that we're not going to talk about at all. Well, I won't say at all. It'll it'll come up a little bit, but uh, first off, in our reoccurring segment, what have you been watching? What have you been doing? Uh, well, I've been, as you well know, I've been watching Endgame all week long. What count are we at now? And you're hoping for 22? In the theaters. Also, real quick for the first half of this, spoiler warnings probably for in-game. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, the Russos have lifted it. I'm sure you've seen the movie if you're listening to this. Everyone else in the world has. Uh, it's now at like $1.8 billion or something, I think, after 10 days. So uh, it it's coming for you, Avatar. It's yeah, going to get you. It moved into the, the fourth spot, I think, two years ago. For the domestic? For, no, globally. What were the other three? I mean, Avatar, but... Uh, Avatar, Titanic. Um, some Harry Potter movie? Oh, Force Awakens, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Infinity War. Oh, okay. Infinity War. Wow. It is. And it's not, I mean, it's not stopping anytime soon. Yeah. Well, I... There's the box office. The box office doesn't go into that, though. Well, no, we're talking about oh, ju- just final sale revenue. revenue. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and Endgame hasn't even got that point. No, it's not even close. Yeah. They've. Do you know what the budget was for Endgame? <sighs> is, that, is that the highest budgeted film... Okay, because I know Infinity War was like three thirty or something like that. it was close, but I mean that's that's ridiculous. And then let's you always you always double up. You always say that the marketing is double that. Yeah, the first weekend. Yeah, there's a general rule with with budget that you 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 have your production budget and then you have your marketing budget, and the marketing budget is typically double. The production budget. Um, I I would be really interested to find out. They'll never release the numbers, but I would be really interested to find out that I think the marketing for Endgame was probably not even half the budget for the production just because it didn't need – it had so much word of mouth already. And they spent no money on the trailers really. Yeah. Whether 
what yeah. the name of it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we're sitting here talking about it on a podcast. Yeah. So th- they're not paying us anything. Not <laughs> I wouldn't mind. At the same time, though, yeah, that's true. Just send us uh, gear and swag, and yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Oh, I think I saw it. Yeah, I, oh, that's no. Yeah. Well, Disney's going to get you wherever they can. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, I was on Instagram and you see sponsored ads every once in a while. And there was this leather company that had like leather versions of everyone's jackets. And like Star World, Star Lord, someone said Star World, Star Lord, uh, Ant-Man's jacket, like all everybody. It was, it was really cool. And I clicked on one of them. Star Lord's was like $700. <laughs> It's like, okay, I guess I won't be getting that one. The Star-Lord one especially, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, uh, not out loud. That's what Zach's size is. Zach's size is working on it. Yeah, yeah. Just just email me at uh, you know the easy podcast show at gmail.com if you want to hook us up with some swag. We're always repping uh, like you know I'm repping the Atomos hat today. He's got in. That's Ultron, right? No, this is this is this release. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Anyways. So I've been watching not in game a whole bunch. I am going to see it tomorrow though. So I'm going to see it one more time in the th- at least one more time in the theater. Yeah, he probably could. I didn't have this problem with Infinity War. Infinity War felt like I saw it from like the first time I felt like I saw everything I needed to see in game. It definitely feels like just a crackerjack box of tons of things. Um, and I, and I get it. I mean, it's three hours long. Um, Yeah. And you're already at 10 now. You've basically seen it one one time every day for the last week and a half. I mean, pretty much. You skipped a couple days, but you saw it twice in one day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you saw your family. Yeah, right. <laughs> took took a little cat nap. Oh my goodness. Well, my wife and I we 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 went through Supernatural years ago. Um, I I'm I'm not sure I'm going to recommend this because it is cheese. It is you know CW just monster of the week TV show. But it's it's so interesting to me because I've only seen it through once, and then we stopped probably. Oh gosh, I mean, I think they're 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 doing the last season now, and I think it's it's either season fifteen or sixteen is the last season, and it's the final one. But I think we stopped at like season thirteen, so we're we're a few behind. That's a really long run, yeah. 
it's a lot of cheese. But it's been fun kind of watching it through, though, because like the first two seasons are rough. Like they're over stylized. The color grade is ridiculous. And it, it, it's like they they were trying too hard to be this like monster show. And I hated it. it and it and but then you get into the you get through it because it's one of those shows you just throw on. Yeah, well, th- that's true, though, because it's season three and it's like episode two or, or, or three. And you're right, because now, like, um, the shot compositions are now interesting. Characters are more developed. They know who each person is now, and they're able to kind of play into that. And they've gotten rid of the weird monster color grade. And now it just looks like a good show. And to me, like, that's where I, I finally get drawn in. Yeah, they found their voice. Yeah. 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 Rest in peace, Firefly. But uh, I, it's fun. It's it's a simple show to just throw on. And I forgot kind of like how good it does get. The, like season three, I think through five, is the like the the Sam versus Satan arc, and it, it gets really good because the actor that they choose to play Satan is awesome. Like he's just he's really kind of that. I don't know, kind of like suave, you know, smart talker Satan that you kind of feel like you probably would be if, you know, if you ran into him in real life. Um, but it's, I think it just really hits its stride. And then it just becomes, I remember it just becoming this, this joke of itself for the next like seven seasons because they're like, they're just doing what works and you know, all this. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a chore, but we figure since they're coming to the end of it, uh, we're going to finish it off. We're going to go through it and, and that'll be that. And we'll say, yeah, we watched it. The other thing I've been watching though, um, I, I, I definitely don't recommend doing this is like podcast style TV watching in my car. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll throw on YouTube and I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll listen, watch where I can't, I can't lock the screen because then it shuts off YouTube or Hulu or whatever, but I can hear it and I get the jokes and a lot of, you know, everything that I'm watching isn't really so much concept like of, of composition based or anything. So I've been watching this FX show called baskets and it's Zach Galifianakis's show. And it's been on for a couple seasons now. I think they're getting ready to do season four uh, or it might be, I think it's yeah season four uh, this year. And I'm, I'm halfway through season two now and it is so. so this is where you guys are between two baskets. <laughs> yeah, between two. Yeah, between two baskets. In between. That's really just one basket. Actually, it's a whole family of baskets. And uh, he plays two. He plays his twin brother also in it. Who then also his his mom is played by. Uh, yes, keep the puns going. Let's see how many you got. Uh, his mom is played by um, Louis Anderson. Yes. And you, th- you, at first you're like, that's, that's weird. And, and I'm not old enough to like really be in like the prime of when Louis Anderson was, you know, big and doing comedy and stuff. But I remembered seeing the trailers for this show, you know, a couple years ago now and thinking God, that, that woman looks really familiar, like a, like a comic, like a comic that I've seen. I'm telling you though, he, Louis is great as this mom. It's so good, and I, I'm I, he may have won an Emmy for it by now. I haven't looked it up, but it, this show is so great. FX is 
top four TV, you know, productions, I think putting out stuff now, we'll see how that goes now that Disney owns them. But I, 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 I really love almost everything that FX is putting out Atlanta, especially. So, um, if you haven't checked out baskets, they're really, they're 30 minute episodes. You can throw them on. It's not, it's not, it's, I do not recommend it. <laughs> but uh, if you if you want to check out something, you like you're looking for a new show. It this is this is what I would call like smart stupid comedy, where it's it the jokes are kind of dumb and it's more like situational, but it's so smartly written and timed that it's hilarious and it's intelligent. It's not like it's not like a Will Ferrell thing where it's just stupid comedy to be stupid. It's stupid situations put together smartly. Oh, like yeah, I, I would actually agree. I mean, the office is a very different style where it's that kind of like documentary style. And this is, this is very much cinematic single camera kind of style. Um, and this, right. No one's doing that. Yeah. But the characters are really interesting and Zach Galifianakis is great. Um, and I, I think you should you should check it out. Really, if you have Hulu, like go check it out and watch a couple episodes of it and see if you get into it. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just the way that it's shot too is just kind of it's pretty straightforward. So it kind of lets the the comedicness rule the screen, you know. So you're not really focusing on anything else. You're not losing what's important in that scene. Um, and then I just love the color grade on it. And they shoot it the same. I'm pretty sure the same way as Atlanta shot with Alexa's. So the color, it's kind of a flat look, um, not like a flat profile, but just there's not a whole lot of popping colors or anything. Um, but I, I think it's really great and check it out. Um, the other thing that I haven't, I don't think I've talked about on the show yet is, or this podcast is a show on HBO called Barry. Um, it's, it's Bill Hader's show and he plays an assassin that wants to be an actor yeah, and it's on its second season now. I think it's wrapping up in a couple episodes for the season, and then it'll have an, a, another season that got picked up. I think um, it's it's the it's my favorite thing on TV right now, and I and I'm watching Game of Thrones, and this is my favorite thing on TV. I am laughing so hard, and like they're just abs- Bill Hader is so funny, and he's great when he's able to kind of do his thing and not like his Saturday Night Live thing. Like when Bill Hader is allowed to be Bill Hader. It's this really dry, just ridiculous humor, and it's in these. And again, it's it's very situational. Very, I think my common thread here is that a lot of this comedy is very dry, and I am I'm a big fan of that. I grew up watching a lot of like British stuff, and so they're very dry, and you know, and kind of like you have to you have to be paying attention, or you have to understand, like the you know the shoes that they're in to get that moment yeah right um so i i yeah barry if you have hbo like watch barry it it i think they're 30 minute episodes also which is kind of uh interesting in this day and age that we're doing these 30 minute narrative comedies you know because you have seinfeld and stuff but that was multi camera and 30 minutes there but atlanta and barry and baskets they're all 30 minute episodes and but they're all shot cinematically and I think that's the, I don't know if I want to say the future because there's, there's three shows doing it now. That's, I think that's the, 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 the next step 
in these comedy things now we're going to get away from i mean i i can't stand most network television anyways because it's kind of the same four things over and over again you know same police dramas same yeah the only thing i'm watching in network tv is gray's anatomy because i just can't get away from it because i've devoted that much time to my life you know already watching it so i gotta finish it now but uh that that's i think that's the only thing yeah i'm watching most everything i'm watching is is netflix fx and hbo like that that's almost everything so Yeah, it feels like a lot of the stuff that I'm I'm not into is is limited by the formula, you know, the Big Bang theories and 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 things like that. It's just kind of, I don't know, it gets it gets kind of old and sour because you can't do it a different way. You can't all of a sudden have an episode that takes place in space or is a total ad. Like there is an episode of Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? What is that? What's that? I don't know that reference. Oh, oh, Rocket's talking to Scott. Okay, yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Oh, man, I can't wait to see that again tomorrow. All right, anyways, away from Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so go watch Endgame if you haven't. Uh, you probably have. But And then go check out Baskets, Barry, and Atlanta. Uh, and... Yeah. I feel, yeah. <laughs> for for your twelve year old, yeah. That's probably true. Yeah, that's true. Putting it out front, or not talk about it. There's so many great episodes of The Office, though. Oh, that's a show that'll last forever. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. And then David, the regional guy, shows up and, and he's like, well, we just had this unfortunate conversation. He's like, well, I hope it can be reversed because they're now giving us all their business or whatever. And like, so now it's why it's taken. Right, yeah. <laughs> he's the hero now. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good one. Gosh, there's so many great ones. And those guys now, I mean, a lot of them are on The Good Place, and a lot of them did Parks and Rec also. And uh, The Good Place is another one that's just awesome and should be watched by everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, yeah, I haven't, I obviously haven't had time to really watch any of these. I'm kind of, I get, I get apprehensive to jump into something that, that I'm going to spend like, a significant amount of time on watching. Yeah. Yeah. But if that's not your thing, I get it. I'm I mean it, Yeah, you should be into medieval stuff. Yeah, I should be watching it. But uh, a good friend of mine was like, well, if you want to really be honest, you know, because we like to be honest, he's like, there's quite a few episodes where it's pretty much soft. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't, I just, you know, okay, maybe I'm a little prudish, but I try to protect my heart and in, in my relationship with my wife, and I want to make sure that, you know, she's number one. Sure. No, I. I get it. I, I I get it. I it's it is a weird kind of dynamic, you know. And I think that they HBO was kind of known for having that that sort of aspect, you know, in a lot of their stuff. Yeah, they do. Um, and I will say that it, you know, it, it's more prominent in one in seasons one and two, and then it's kind of like, well, we've we're now the biggest show on television. We don't we don't necessarily need to do that every episode. And they kind of made it more like it, it happens less often as the series goes on. And it, I mean, it does still happen. There are moments, you know, in it, and I will say for the majority of it, though. It feels like um, the first couple seasons were like just kind of there to be there, but then as it goes on, if there are moments like that, they're they're leading more toward into the story. There's like a reason. It's very it's more intentional. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Um, which is which is unfortunate. That's unfortunate that that's an aspect that you know productions think they need to have, and but sex sells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and eye candy is a thing. I mean, there's entire movies. <laughs> Aquaman. 
candy. Yeah. You just let it die, Aquaman. You just let it die, which I, I'm curious how that'll go uh, with the next one with the whole Amber Heard thing. But we're not a gossip podcast, so we'll move on. Um, let's let's move on to what we what we mostly wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, yeah. So Peter Mayhew, um, rest in peace. He he passed away on Friday, um, age seventy four. Oh. Oh, okay. So the family had some time to do their stuff, and then, well, that's good. I mean, um, Peter Mayhew. Um, for for maybe you aren't familiar because it's played by a different actor now, mostly um, some Swedish guy. I think I cannot remember his name because it's Swedish. No, no offense, but uh, uh, Peter Mayhew was the original actor to play Chewbacca and probably the, you know, he, he's in that, uh, he's not Anthony Daniels level because Anthony Daniels is still everywhere. He's still, you know, everyone knows who he is, but Peter Mayhew and, you know, and then like, uh, a couple of the other actors, like the actor that played R2D2 and stuff, they were always a little bit more in the background, you know? Um, they, they, they weren't as big as Hamill. They weren't as big as, um, Carrie Fisher, definitely not Harrison Ford, you know? Um, but Chewbacca, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I was always like a Chewbacca growing up. You know, I always, you always make the joking growl or, you know, you play, play around as Chewbacca and, oh man, I don't know if I can do it. Let's see if this translates well in a podcast. <clears throat> I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go crazy on it, but yeah, I've practiced a few times in front of the mirror, but, uh, Peter Mayhew though. Yeah. A lot, you know, um, a lot smaller scale on the popularity, uh, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people probably just attribute that to his face, not being seen, you know, he was behind a mask his whole career and he, he didn't really do a whole lot. Um, in noteworthy, uh, at least filming wise, besides the Star Wars films, you know, that's kind of all he was really known for. And I think without him, though, you you wouldn't have the the Chewbacca image in your head that we have now. What a what a great actor just for head movements and eye, like just speaking with your eyes. And he, you know, he does like when he's confused or something, he does just the right kind of head tilt. And there's so much physicality to that character that he really brought to it. Um, it was just incredible. Um, I think, you know, in the original trilogy and it, you know, like I said, it's played by somebody else now for, for solo and, and, uh, and force awakens and last Jedi and, and now rise of Skywalker. Um, because Peter may, he, he ran into some medical problems, you know, uh, years back and, that's kind of limited him a lot of ways. And it sounds like that might've been one of the contributing factors for him passing away on the, on, on the 30th. But, um, I, you know, my childhood is so much about star Wars and Chewbacca and Han Solo and that relationship. And, uh, it's sad. It's sad, man, to, to kind of see, gosh, almost, you know, a, a lot of my childhood actors now I'm getting to that age where they were 30 and 40 when, when I found them and now here they are, you know, they're 80 and seventies and, and some of them nineties. I mean, looking at, um, Mel Brooks, you know, that's one of my biggest, you know, um, 
childhood characters and directors and writers, you know, and he's 90, like eight or something now, you know, so it's just gonna, it's gonna just keep happening. But, you know, um, we're losing a lot of Star Wars. For for the Skywalker storyline, yeah. Well, yeah, for the Like make a podcast. Oh right. Yeah. Is that for real? Wow. I did not know that. something yeah yeah i think so it'll be really good getting random people not random people we all know them but different people for different projects and yeah but back to star wars uh you know peter mayhew um anthony daniels uh gosh harrison ford mark hamill carrie fisher um, you know, they're all, they're all getting up there now. And I think it, it seems like Mark Hamill's probably the, I don't know, I guess healthiest out of all of them. I think cause Harrison Ford's a good 10 years older, I believe than, than Mark Hamill. Um, by the way, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it when Harrison Ford goes, I'm going to a week of mourning because he's such a, um, big, huge, vital part of my childhood growing up. I mean, I was Indiana Jones. I can't even tell you how many Halloweens as a kid. And, um, Harrison Ford just left a huge mark on films and cinema in general. And, you know, even if it's 
he was just the actor and it was other people coming up with the character. I mean, they still chose him for a reason. He's so iconic. Yeah. I think multiple now. <laughs> yeah. His own airplane. I know. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, we wanted to kind of take this, it's, it's the, it's the year of endings, like, like Eric said, and, uh, infinity war or sorry, in game bringing into to the 22 movie arc. Um, basically, I mean, there's still far from home coming out, which is supposedly going to actually be the ending, but no, no, let's, sorry. The infinity saga, if you want to call it that, but the star Wars and then game of Thrones. And then I mentioned earlier in, you know, uh, uh, Big Bang Theory that came to an end. Also, even though I don't watch it, that's still a big thing. You know, it's ten years. I think that's been on, and um, yeah, it, it's it. Twenty nineteen seems like the end of a lot of things. Yeah, and uh, Peter Mayhew's passing kind of it definitely puts a, more of a sour note on that. Um, but we wanted to talk about a little, you know, a little bit into the original trilogy, and you you got to see these in theaters growing up. And I, I didn't. The only time I got to see these in theaters was when they did the 1997 re-release with the special features, you know, because I'm a good 20 years or 10 years for, for uh, you know, um, Return of the Jedi and, and Empire Strikes Back. Um, I, you know, I was born in 88, so I didn't get to see any of these in the theater. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> but what was what was that like? I mean, what was just the the overall feeling and vibe? I mean, because you look at in game right now in Infinity War, and it's it's a cultural. Disc- I mean, we I walked in on Monday, and people that I didn't think would have seen the movie are sitting there talking about in game. I mean, is that what it was like for for Empire, especially with the whole you know Vader is Luke's father thing? Yeah. The emotional equity uh, was there. And so, yeah, I mean, every kid wanted to be Luke, you know, and escape their, their existence and go do something bigger than that. Right. And, uh, and hopefully not watch your aunt and uncle burn to right. death yeah, <laughs> in the <yeah>. process. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah. Which, which is so interesting to think of. Um, I mean, you have to remember the time and you mentioned, you know, not having video games and stuff. There was no internet, yeah. you know, there was, and this was still that big. Yeah. It was still so big that everyone knew about it and you didn't need the internet. You didn't need as big of a marketing 
as you have now where, you know, you have Avengers cereal and stuff. I mean, they, oh, okay, that's a poor example because they did have Star Wars cereal. But, you know, they had, they had a lot of Star Wars marketing. Uh, but you only knew it if you had a TV and you watched those commercials or, you know, and, and it was very different. Everyone now has YouTube in their pocket. You can watch a commercial every 20 seconds if you needed to. Um, so for something to be that big with such little technology reliance is amazing to think of. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is because, I mean, you had, you had Star Trek, which was a TV series. Right. Uh, with, uh, William Shatner. Yeah. Um, and if you go back and watch any of those OG episodes, you're like, oh, wow. And yeah. You know, because they were building all those props and they were painting. And they had no budget. Yeah. Uh, and it only lasted for three seasons. I don't think a lot of people realize the cultural impact that Star Trek had by only having three seasons. Yeah. It, it, but it was, you know, the idea was there. That yeah. Star Trek was the 60s. Yeah. Star Trek yeah. Yeah, it was a real thing. Yeah. And I think it's only been up until maybe recently that you could be a fan of both. Right. I would say maybe the last 10 years, 15 years. Um, but yeah, it used to be, I mean, and there's still some diehards that are like Trek only, man, live long and prosper unless you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. It's so, it's so crazy. And, and there, there was such an impact on Star Trek also from Star Wars because 77 Star Wars comes out and 78, I think maybe 79 Star Trek, the movie comes out with a totally different vibe than Star Wars. It's slow. It's just kind of monotonous, and there's not really like a whole lot of action in it at all, which is a total polar opposite to Star Wars, you know. Um, and by the way, when I say Star Wars, I don't mean Star Wars as a whole. I mean Star Wars '77 because that's what it came out as. And um, it was only until you know I think the re the re release in uh, in '79 or '78 that they tacked on the A New Hope thing, and. Um, but the Star Trek, the motion picture, which I kind of have a soft spot for. I mean, it's, it's, I like the other ones better, you know, Wrath of Khan and Journey Home, you know, Search for Spock. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fantasy Island, oh yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Oh Chekhov's ear. <laughs> yeah. Still, you still are. Yeah. Right. Which is funny because you lived in California, right? Yeah. <laughs> da dun da dun. Yeah. Um, but you know, seventy-seven Star Wars drops, and it really changes the landscape of. Gosh, I mean everything. Yeah. 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 Yeah, not a new concept. Yeah, I mean, green screen and blue screen and 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 compositing and and model scales. Yeah, I mean, the, there's another movie that always comes to mind um, that I'm gonna have a little tangent with here. A little side thing is 2001: A Space Odyssey, which came out uh, nine years earlier, '68. Um, still feels like it could be a modern movie in a lot of ways. I mean. Kubrick, obviously a genius and the fact that, you know, they used models and they, they knew kind of what they were doing. They knew how to make it work with what they had, um, blows my mind that that movie is from 68. Nothing else from that generation looks like that. And then you have 77 and now you're, you're not just, you know, cutting out guys and, 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 or ships and stuff and putting them in a black space or shooting them in black and then putting stars in there you're compositing in digital lasers and digital swords and the, the sound design 
is just insane. And the amount of just the amount of effects in these movies that, you know, I think a lot of people probably take for granted now because so much, so much of it's so simple in, in the way that how we do things now. Yeah. I, this is funny. I just told somebody about this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uphill. <laughs> Could have been Northern California. Yep. Cabling. Yeah. Yeah. And so the sound from the laser gun was simply hitting that, that sheath and it would make that barrel. Yeah. And, and I've done it. I, right. I, I, yeah. I was like, wait, what? And I took a pair of vice grips and I went and I hit that. Yeah. It's incredible, right? The, the Foley is an art in itself. Yeah. And those guys don't get enough credit for sure. And I think, you know, another one that always. I was just telling somebody about the lasers yesterday, but there's another one um, for Raiders of the Lost Ark, which again is ILM industrial light and magic. And um, they do the sound for, for star Wars and, and Indiana Jones stuff and every MCU thing now, but uh, they, the, the boulder, the boulder in Raiders of the Lost Ark is actually one of the sound engineers, Volvos just in neutral rolling down a hill with the, with the microphone aimed at the tire. And that's the boulder noise. Yeah. So it's stuff like that, that like, you know, normal people or even me, uh, us, like we don't, we don't think about that all the time, but those guys, it's all they're doing. Like they'll they'll accidentally hit their keys on something and it'd be like, that could be a good sound for a sword or something, you know, like, I don't know, but it, that is such an art. And, you know, one of the, the biggest things that I think helps the Star Wars universe universe is these iconic sounds, you know, you know, lightsaber, you can, you make the noise. And then like, you know, uh, in anything that the lasers, the stormtrooper lasers, Darth Vader's breath. I mean, there's so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, one thing that is, it's always brought up with, yeah, just do that the rest of the episode. And one thing that's always brought up with uh, with Star Wars is the that it was saved in the edit. And there's a really good um, YouTube video that goes into great detail about this. I can't, I can't remember who does it, but just Google or YouTube search uh, how Star Wars was saved in the edit and watch this video. I think it's about 17 minutes long. Really good, really detailed. But, um, you know, George Lucas's wife at the time, Marcia Lucas, and then Paul Hirsch. Um, oh, we got a lightsaber. Perfect. It's just so iconic, right? You can't, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, and it can't ever be anything else. A lot of credit to Marcia and uh, and Paul on that, and and those guys, they really they made Star Wars what it is, 
along with, you know, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and, you know, uh, Peter Mayhew and, and everybody. Yeah. 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 He could have very much just been a walking Bigfoot. But he has a he has a personality of his own. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, we're we're not talking a whole lot about Star Wars. We just wanted to kind of bring up the things and the cultural relevance that it left. Um, you know, it was a big it was a big part of you know, American culture for a lot of things and, and kids and everybody grew up, just grew up around it. Well, globally. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I'm speaking from personal experience for something to still be so incredibly popular 20 years, 15 years after it came out for me, because, you know, I, I got into it when I was probably six or seven first time, but then really into it when I was like 10, you know, and, um, that by then though, I mean, that was 98, I was 10. So that's already 20 years after first star Wars. And I, I still remember like the VHS copies and finding out that Vader is Luke's dad. And, you know, it still had its impactful moments and, you know, it's spawning off some satire and, you know, Spaceballs is another one of my favorite things. And that's something that I would watch with my dad constantly. And um, I could quote that whole movie. And I think, I think, man, there's so much cultural relevance. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest movies to just impact filmmaking as a whole, um, whether it was camera movements or, uh, compos- compositions, you know, uh, compositing for digital effects, you know, hate on the prequels if you want, but uh, he took a chance. He did a lot of things that no one was doing yet. And now, I mean, if you look at behind the scenes photos of, of like of Endgame or infinity war or any DC movie, you know, it's, it's 10, 15% set and 90, 85% green screen. Pratt, yeah, that's probably why he was the least. <laughs> yeah. Well, they already got their two billion dollars. They don't care. Yeah. Oh, the five. Oh, okay, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. 
there's not much to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a couple of like rocks and dirt, really, and some metal, and that's about it. And then there's these just huge green screen walls with with markers on them. And it, it, I I will say, you know, we've we've perfected that now. We've gotten it to where, you know, you, you're building enough real sets because I think that was always kind of my biggest, this isn't going to turn into a gripe against prequels, but the filmmaking side of it is that um, the original trilogy was so real because they shot it on real sets. And then you look at the prequel trilogy and like even them walking across a bridge or something, they're just walking across blue ground. Like it's just these blue blocks that are that are put back in in post, and that I mean that gives you a lot of freedom in post, but at the same time you also lose a lot of that organicness and that realness. Yeah. Return of the Jedi or the oh Star Wars oh oh the desert one right right. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So they would go in but the problem was that they had with it was that it would go in a circle. Right. They were limited. But it would float on this arm that would support the weight and everything. But so you've got that kind of organic bounce, yeah. Yeah, 97, right? Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, I mean you could you could mimic that movement in post now, but again, that's that's we're forty years removed from that. So technology has come a long way, and it's only come a long way because of Star Wars. You know, Star Wars, Star Trek. I mean, I'm not going to say Star Wars is the only thing, but yeah. 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 I think a lot of people, you know, uh, maybe my age and a little bit younger that are getting into film, uh, you, you need to watch older movies. You need to see where we've come from. You need to see how they used to do stuff. Maybe, maybe that's going to spark an idea or a way for you to be able to do that idea that you have. Because, because if if they made that land speeder hover and do a thing, how can you take that, scale it down, or or cheapen version of it nowadays? Which is very possible. You know, back then it probably cost twenty grand to make that land speeder, but now it, you can maybe do it for a thousand. Or something, you know. Or, or what other thing that you're, I mean, you're only limited to your imagination. Yeah. Like, okay, that was a land speeder that they came up with in 1977. All right, this is 
Yeah. And we all have cameras in our phone or in our pockets and yeah. No. I I think the you know again I just keep talking about it but the the technology that has been pushed from sci-fi in general, you know, I mean there's there's an iPad tablet looking thing in 2001 Space Odyssey that's 60 50 years before iPads come out. It's it's just science and sci-fi are interlinked and you know nerds grow up and nerds make things and here we are now with the Tesla and you know yeah that well yeah yeah but it does exist Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of shows don't get that third season to finally get their stride that you need it. And I, I, I think I, I think in general, the folding phone is a stupid idea. It's just not something I want. I'm not that I, I'm not, I'm not that audience. Um, but it's a gen one, you know, the Wright brothers, gen one airplane didn't work. Gen 12 didn't work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and stealing it from Tesla, but you know, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm curious where they'll take Star Wars from here. I mean, the two guys from Game of Thrones, the 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 guys that are the showrunners of Game of Thrones, they're doing their own Star Wars series. Uh, it's not a, it's not a TV show, but it's a uh, it's they're doing I think three movies. Well, Mandalorian is a TV show. Um, it's directed by multiple people, but the, the two guys from, uh, which they, which the internet refers to them as D and D, which right. That makes sense, you know, but, um, I cannot remember their names for right, right now, but D and D, um, they're doing three movies that people think because the game of Thrones might have to do with, um, there was a, a video game in a, in a book series called Knights of the old Republic back in the nineties and early two thousands. And, um, I think a lot of people are thinking they're going to do a movie series based off of that, um, which would be cool. So that, that again, won't have anything to do with the star, the Skywalker saga or anything like that. That'll be very separated. Um, that to me is interesting because now you're telling new stories, uh, in the star Wars universe, which is, I think is an issue that I've had with star Wars, even with the prequels is that you're not really telling new stories. You're, you're keeping the same. And as much as as much as I loved the Force Awakens and kind of feeling that nostalgia again, um, if if the Last Jedi did anything, it let me know that I I wanted something new, but not in the way that they did it. Um, and I don't think I, I I'm not really super excited for the Rise of Skywalker. I got burnt out a little bit. Um, Solo was another thing. It wasn't something new in the way that you know I wanted it either. And, Trailer and 
<laughs> you finally saw it on an airplane, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, how can we get our $4.3 billion back? It really did. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That Obi-Wan story, it's, I mean, it's already been kind of fleshed out a little bit in the cartoons and the prequels. Um, I think the only thing, yeah, the, the one thing, the one like aspect of it that I really kind of, that still draws me to it is that I think Ewan McGregor is a great actor and I, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing him again as that character. And I think that's the one kind of redeeming thing in that situation. Which the cartoons get into also. So, yeah. But I think from a cinematic standpoint, I think you can, there, there's enough content there. And if it's done right, I think it could be a win. Yeah. I think, I think that's where they're going to go with the Knights of the Old Republic. Because we've never seen a situation where there was like an equal number Sith, equal number Jedi right. you know, on film. At least it's always just like two Sith and then, you know, 30 Jedi if you're talking like Attack of the Clones or something. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm curious more about as much as I don't like the way that Ryan Johnson wrote and directed the last Jedi, I think his, if, if it's still going to even happen after the backlash, his three movies that he's going to come out with, um, you know, whenever they, they come out, I I'm more interested in those from him because it's going to be separated stories. It's going to be original stories, hopefully. And, and things that you don't already have like a set expectation for. Um, I think that's the problem is that if, if they wanted to take this, you know, um, subverted expectation, kind of, we're going to go a new direction thing, this, this way that they did the last Jedi, then you shouldn't have done it with the, the last Jedi that had seven movies previously set it up a certain way. Keep that new vibe and that different, take on it for your side movies because that's what those need to be yeah you know i mean well yeah Yeah, and I think 
the biggest problem is just how Star Wars was managed. Kevin Feige and all those guys have, they had a plan from what, at least probably the third movie of what this needed to be. But now, talking about the MCU, but it sounds like Kathleen Kennedy and and the Lucasfilm people had no idea what these three movies were going to be. How do you plan a multi-billion dollar franchise with no outline? You shouldn't do that. This is why this doesn't make any sense. And and now you now you're bringing in JJ to 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 fix it, when in reality he probably should have just directed all three of them, or you should have not you should not have let what happened in the second movie happen. Keep it on track because Kevin Feige is there for the MCU to say, no, you can't do that. Yes, you can do that. This needs to happen. You know, I, I remember, I think it was James Gunn who, you know, a lot of people ask him because he's the one, his, his, the Guardians movies are very much removed for the most part away from the rest of the MCU movies where they don't have as nearly as much tie in. Um, I mean, obviously there's the Thanos tie in, but that's a huge part of it. But what I, what I would say though is that, you know, when, when he, when he, was asked about, you know, how much does Marvel put into what you have to do? And he said, I'm just told that I have to kind of include this and this, and then I get to do everything else my way. And as long as you can work within that, you can make a fantastic film. And it's clear that he has, you know, and I, you know, there's just a couple of things that like Thanos being Gamora's dad and all, you know, all that, that he had to include, but that didn't hinder him at all. There should have been some sort of an outline with this new trilogy of Star Wars that that was incorporated the same way, especially with how expensive and how much money they put into this to do this is just mind boggling to me. And it's come so far away from what what George Lucas originally had even, you know. Right, right. Whereas the foundation for, for the Star Wars stories, and, that went, and when I say that, the most recent ones, mm-hmm. don't have that same foundation. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, though, because they did kind of have one, and then Disney threw them out. With this, what they call legends now, which is all of the old books and stuff are not considered canon. I really wish they would have dug into some of those more and pulled pieces because the Infinity War movie is not a shot for shot, word for word remake of the Infinity War comic book run. It's not even really that close. Yeah, there's a lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's been my biggest gripe is that, you know, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a producer, I'm not a filmmaker at Lucasfilm, I don't you know I, I probably don't know enough about Star Wars, 
but I grew up knowing these characters and watching them over and over and over again and understanding, you know, why Han does a certain thing a certain way, why Luke does a certain thing. And then to all of a sudden kind of get those flipped and it's kind of like, what? No, that's, that's not. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm just this like weird fanboy that just, I hate things that aren't what I expected. It's, it's so much more than that. It's from a storytelling and character. You have these things in movies like, I know there are a lot of people though, that just complain about, uh, you know, Oh gosh, the so women driven and all this, you know, or whatever. And like, there's a whole bunch of aspects of it. I'm not even talking about that. None of that even bothers me. It's the weird writing and the weird character things, which what I wanted to speak to was when, you know, when you write a movie and you write characters and you give characters to an actor, either the actor or the director, or sometimes both of them get together and they have what's called like a character Bible. And it's everything that that character would say or do, or how they would, how they would eat rice, how they would ride a motorcycle. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and it feels like when even, even a little bit of the force awakens, you know, more so obviously the last Jedi, it feels like those character books were thrown out just just because they wanted to and it didn't it didn't make sense because you've now established again you've established how this world works in seven movies how these characters act in, in four movies and you didn't keep the consistency and, and, and it just throws it off and it takes me out of it yeah because if you're going to make a new movie make a new movie don't don't just piggyback off of the franchise make a new film you, you, it just doesn't make any sense to me the way that it was handled uh, yeah, I've, I've now complained about, at lengths about this. I didn't really want to, but here we are. Yeah, it is. But, I, you know, the stamp has been left from the original trilogy. Um, you can't be a filmmaker in the last 40 years without having been affected by Star Wars in one way or another. And um, the tools that we use were all, you know, were developed from that, that franchise. In, in a lot of what in prequels included, you know, the technology was, I mean, the prequels were the, one of the first films ever shot on a full digital 1080p camera, you know, this, the, the uh, Cine Alta 9000. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's really strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing in the best possible way for technology. And, you know, it, it, it bums me out that it's kind of become the, what it is. And, um, I think, again, I just really think that's just poor managing. Um, not that I'm any better, but I, I you know, yeah. it's still, is somebody better than me, better than who's currently doing it could do it. And, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. You've driven? In a photorealistic way, yeah, right. Which, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 40 years later, after, you know, Star Wars has come out, we are now, actually, we're 40 years Empire, I think, 43 Star Wars, one, I think. Um, I might be wrong. But here we are, and it's all led up to this moment, and that moment is Detective Pikachu. Because, <laughs> so excited about. Oh, it's twisty. <laughs> Case closed, but oh. not at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be good. That's what we're talking about next week. Yeah. We'll see how family friendly it is. Yeah. It's good. That's what we're gonna be talking about next week, guys. Um, thanks for listening to babble on about Star Wars and. Uh, Peter Mayhew and and just the just the every every week crap that we talk about. Thanks for listening to it. And uh, Eric, you want to close us out here? Uh, I, I do. Oh, actually. yeah. But I think it would only be It's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. All right, close this out, Eric. All right, well, thanks for listening. Stay training with us. You guys are awesome. You can find Zach on Instagram. At Zach Abbott's. Zach Abbott's. And you can find Eric. At Eric Burton on Twitter, and Instagram. And? And you can like, 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 Yeah. Uh, but you can find the Easy Podcast on anchor.fm slash the Easy Podcast. You can email us at the Easy Podcast show at gmail.com. Every time. You do some weird voice thing every time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll catch you next time, guys. Detective Pikachu. Bye.